This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Anne C. Barham, the author of The Past Life Perspective, discovering your true nature across multiple lifetimes. Find a new perspective on your current life as you explore your spiritual journey across multiple lifetimes. Although many people accept the principle of reincarnation, that we are eternal beings animating many different human bodies and personalities across the ages, many do not realize the profound, complex, and subtle ways that our past life experiences impact our current life and personality. With the rapid and dramatically effective approach known as past life therapy, clients retrieve their own memories of their prior lifetimes with the help of a professional psychotherapist. By unearthing and processing the memories, we release the experiences that are blocking effectiveness in the current life, as well as reinforce the talents and lessons carried forward from prior personalities. Anne C. Barham is a marriage and family therapist licensed in the state of California and a certified regression therapist with the International Board of Regression Therapy. While making a midlife career change from business management to counseling, Barham was drawn to past life therapy as a rapid and effective tool for emotional and spiritual evolution after her own dramatic personal experience. After training with the world's foremost experts in the field, Dr. Brian Weiss and Dr. Roger Wolger, she established her own integrative approach and has been helping clients uncover the secrets of their past lifetimes for over 20 years. She has appeared on national radio and television shows as an expert in the field, including CBS's The Doctors and George Norrie's Coast to Coast AM radio and TV programs. Anne's website is pastlives.org. Here is the interview with Anne C. Barham. In your own words, who is Anne C. Barham? I am a uh, past life regression therapist which I will explain in a moment. I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. Um, But what I've done over the years is focused my practice 
on delving into issues and solutions that come from looking into people's memories of their prior lifetimes. So this gets us into the whole arena of reincarnation and the fact that um, many people believe that we are eternal souls that have the opportunity to embody on the planet in different times and places and different human bodies and personalities and that we carry a lot of material from those prior lifetimes into our current life. And there's many ways that these things can either help or hinder us. And especially when they're hindering us, we can go in there and actually clear that up. So that's professionally who I am and and what I do. And it ends up being just some really amazing opportunity to help people really quickly and also delve into some wonderful spiritual work. Before we talk about topics in your book, the past life perspective, discovering your true nature across multiple lifetimes. What is life to you, And What is life to me? Hmm, great question. Life on the planet is an opportunity to explore the personality that we've come in with, the talents and abilities and proclivities, the fears, the blocks, everything that we've come in with implanted in us by our soul essence to really explore being in the physical body on this physical plane. And it's a really challenging place to be. So this is not for the the weak of heart. (laughs) It's a really higher spiritual calling as far as I'm concerned, because as much as we might have really positive intentions on how we're going to express on the planet and what we're going to be doing here, then life on the physical plane happens just as we're dealing with right now with a pandemic. There are many, many challenges to um, give us the opportunity to express the best that we can be. And fortunately, we have more than one lifetime in which we get to practice this. So I think for me, life is an adventure. It's an exploration. Um, It's a wonderful way to connect with other people and connect with the physical reality around us. And it's a challenge. What do you think is the opposite of life? Um, I don't know if there's an exact opposite of life. I see death on the physical plane as just a transition into an amazing space of existence. Um, so it's it's not as if death represents the end of life. It's just a different kind of life. The opposite of life then perhaps is just when we shut down and wall ourselves off from the opportunities that are in front of us. I don't know if that's exactly the opposite, but that's a way of approaching life that isn't too helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> My other question about life is, What do you think is the purpose of having this experience in the human body? Is there a destination, finally? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, as best as I understand it, on a soul level, souls love experience, they love intensity, and they love to create. So that's part of what we're doing here is creating. And um, what would we're... I think our ultimate intention is is to reflect the higher spiritual realities on the physical plane. 
And that's where the challenge comes in. So it's an amazing goal. And I think that's one of the things people are talking about a lot right now with what's happening in the world is, is this the shift that we've been waiting for where humanity in general starts to operate on a whole different level than we have in the past and we get out of our attachment to materialism and to division and start plugging in more into those eternal realities and really living them on the planet. What do you love the most about being a woman? That's a really fun question. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I love most about being a woman is the interplay that I get to have with men. <laughs> so um, it's that dichotomy there that creates all sorts of amazing energies. Um, and I just happen to be on the female side of that this lifetime. So I think what's really special about being female is because we are much more encouraged and open to being in that nurturing, receptive, that feminine energy side, which is just a lovely place to be. And it, yeah, it's just, both are great. And all of us have had the opportunities to be both male and female. Some of us resonate to one gender more than the other. I know that I've actually spent a number of lifetimes as a man and ha have brought in a fair amount of male energy and in, into my current personality. But so I'm really enjoying also being able to balance that out with a lot of the feminine, receptive, nurturing, softer side of things. And my other question is about the challenges. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman, in your opinion? I think probably right now, at least in mainstream American society, which is where I live, there's so many expectations and so many different avenues. And um, it's really hard for women to stay in the feminine as much as they might like, um, because in addition to being a spouse, a mother, a nurturer, there's also the expectation that you want to excel in your career and um, make your mark in the world and all that. And sometimes the two of those, it just puts a whole lot on a woman's plate, um, even more so, I think, than, than men. So I would say that's, it gives us so many wonderful opportunities and avenues, but at the same time, I think um, it creates a lot of challenges as far as keeping the balance in your life and not overdoing. I know so many clients that I work with are drained because they're trying to do so much and they have so many expectations for themselves that they that they feel that they need to do. I absolutely agree. And that goes back to that balance. Yeah, If we can do that, then or find that balance, maybe not stay there, but learn how to go back to it every time. Right, right. Yeah, it's the pendulum. It's going to swing to one side, then you find your balance point, and then it swings to the other, and you right. find your balance point. So it's not a static situation. Right, I don't it's believe always that. It's dynamic. Yeah, no. I agree. My next question is about freedom. What is to be free? What is the meaning of freedom to you, Anne? Um, I think for me, freedom represents the ability to fully express who I am 
um, and not be limited by external circumstances around that or by other people, but to be able to explore and express um, in the ways that feel right to me. Uh, at this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? Yeah, that relates definitely to what I was saying earlier about can we lift ourselves out of the lower vibration energy that we've been in for some centuries and take it up a notch and really understand that almost like humanity is all one organism and that whatever happens to one of us happens to all of us and that that we can come together. I mean, there's wonderful examples in nature where an entire forest of aspen trees, I think it is, they have discovered has this interconnected root network mm, yeah. where every single tree in the forest is connected with all the other trees. And they are essentially one large organism. And if we can understand that in reality, that's how we are as human beings, um, I think that we can create a whole different experience on the planet. Next one's about love. What is love to you? To me, love is kind of everything. It's what makes all of this worth it in terms of connecting and caring and having that creative energy. It's Love is sort of all-encompassing, so it's really hard to define. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like all the good stuff in the world, that's love. <laughs> so. That's true. So true. Well, that's why I add then extra two words, to you. <laughs> to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> We are so interesting. Yeah. So my last question has to do with God. What, where, and who is God to you? Mm. <laughs> You like to really dig into some, some interesting areas here. God, for me, is more of, I would call it a divine spark, uh, divine energy that animates all of life, has created all of this and things beyond our wildest imaginings. It's not the kind of fatherly figure that many traditional religions have have positioned a god to be and um it's it's it is love it is what underlies everything and it grants us free will to create what we will choose to create um so even though its intention is only good it allows humans to sometimes create things that look not so good all in the process of allowing us to express and create and become hopefully more godlike as we go along. But What is your understanding and idea of inner peace? Well, inner peace has a lot to do with being at home within one's own skin and having a, a real centered knowledge of who you are and what makes you tick and what's important to you and being at home with that and knowing that you're doing the, the actions out in the world that are consistent with your values and who you are. And I think that brings a, a special kind of peace. Yeah. So the, and, and just knowing that again, it's kind of like the pendulum we were talking about with balance inner peace is, is 
a dynamic, not static condition. It's not something that you achieve and then then you have. It's something that you're always working with as life is throwing its interesting challenges your way and opportunities. It might get your peacefulness might get a little off and then you have to bring yourself back. And um, it's, it's a very dynamic part of life. My first question for this second section about your work has to be this one. How did you become a writer? How did I become a writer? Oh, that's really interesting. Well, actually, I always wrote back in childhood, even I was I was a good writer. As far as writing this book and having it published, I just kept thinking for many, many years as I was working with clients that I really ought to write a book. <laughs> and I, had, I kept files on all my clients, detailed notes with the thought that, well, maybe someday I'll write. And what actually got me going, I think, is when my daughter was in the latter stages of high school and I was realizing she's off to college soon. She's my one and only um, Gosh, I guess I better get a new project going. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, maybe it's time to write the book. And and once I did, um, I got a coach to kind of help get me focused and give me assignments of, oh, you're going to write four chapters in the next two weeks. And I would tell him that he was crazy. And then I'd go and write five chapters. So once I got going, it it actually flowed pretty well. And it it really was the sense that I didn't want all these amazing stories um, from my clients and all the great spiritual wisdom that was coming through to just kind of sit in my file drawer. And I thought there was so much there that people in general could benefit from that it, it really needed to, to be put out there. It's funny because even though I'm, I'm a published author, I don't think of myself as much as a writer as I do think of myself as a therapist. And I actually have friends who consider themselves writers and go to writers groups and do all of this, and they've never published anything. <laughs> so yeah. it's a, it's just a funny dichotomy yeah. that I don't identify with it, but I do it. <laughs> Sometimes people who identify with it don't ever get there. So. Right. Uh, that's life being life. That's right. That's very, very true. Yeah. Before I ask you specific questions that relates to your book, I have to ask you this one. What inspired you to become, I know there's two different names, a past life therapist and regression uh, therapist? Right. Well, let me just distinguish. Yeah, I'll distinguish those terms. Regression therapist just means that to regress means to go backwards, right? So a regression therapist is taking people back back. So that might be to something in their current childhood. It could it could be to a prior lifetime. It's the terms are a little bit interchangeable. My focus is more toward going to prior lifetimes, although sometimes I do have clients where instead we end up in childhood from the current life because that's where they need to go um, to clean that up. But the inspiration for me was See if I can shorten this story up a little bit. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic, and it never resonated for me. So at about the age of 13, I told my parents that I was 
done with going to church. It was kind of an interesting conversation, but they were surprisingly willing to let me kind of forge my own path. So I did a lot of reading about other traditions and a lot of Eastern religions. And so, of course, came across the subject of reincarnation. And for me, that was kind of the little light bulb that was, but of course, it just totally resonated for me. Um, And so it was something that I had an interest in for many, many years, way back into being an adolescent. At a certain point in my life, I was in business for many years, um, advertising and public relations. I was the computer programmer. I've done quite a few different things. And at a certain point in my life, um, decided that I wanted to go into counseling psychology. And I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do with it, but the mainstream course was get a license, become a licensed therapist. So I did that. And then about five years in was when I was thinking, well, this is good, but there's something more I'm supposed to be doing here. And that's when, again, the light bulb was, oh, you could go into past life regression work. That was another one of the, every so often I I get these messages that I call billboards from God. (laughs) It's just kind of this, there it is in front of you and and you can't ignore it. So uh, that's what I decided to do. And I got a lot of uh, reinforcement from the universe that that was the right choice because the the two people that were the best known past life therapists in the world at the time both came to a retreat center within a half hour of my house within six months of each other and did week-long professional trainings, each of them. So it was like, boom, there they are right here for me. That's kind of what got it going. And and the reason also was not only was I fascinated with it, but I had seen from some of my own personal experience how quickly this could help resolve issues for people and how wonderful it was for exploring spirituality. That whole package was something that I really wanted to get involved with. It's a very interesting work. And I guess my first question about your work is spiritual beliefs, or if that requires believing that there are other lives, lifetimes, also imagination. How do we know that we are not imagining these things? And also mental illness is another factor, Um, I would say. Those are three questions, so let me see if I can. (laughs) I went off here. (laughs) Uh, um, Okay, so interestingly enough, you do not have to believe in reincarnation to have a very successful past life session. Now, if you walk into it thoroughly convinced that it's not possible, you're probably not going to get anything because mentally you've created the block. But I have many, many people that I've worked with who come in and say, well, I'm not sure what I believe about all this, but I just want to try it out. Or um, I worked with a number of um, journalists, especially when I was promoting the book initially back in New York, who took much pride in being very cynical (laughs) about things. So they were (laughs) almost in a kind of, well, prove it to me (laughs) attitude. And they would have these amazing sessions. It's not required at all. And you can actually look at it 
as, okay, this is just a very rich metaphor for something that's going on in your life that happens to be very powerful in being able to shift energy, release blocks, give you new insights. So if you want to say, ah, it's not past life, that's fine. Now, you know, I don't care. I'm not in the business of proving it. I'm in the business of helping people. So the whole belief thing is is really interesting because sometimes the people that really aren't sure, don't know if they believe it, have some of the most amazing sessions, which just all of a sudden turns their whole viewpoint around. So that's the belief part of it. As far as what is this someone's imagination or not? As I mentioned, you can just consider it as a rich metaphor if you want. But what I've found is there are things that come up in these sessions that are pretty unexpected. So it's like, well, if you were just making this up, why would you make up this story? Mm -hmm. Things that the, the individual just never dreamed would come up or Sometimes the lifetime that comes up, it's really dull and boring. <laughs> it's like, okay, if you were going to make something up for yourself, why would you make up this really boring life where nothing happened? You know, and the message, there is a message that comes out of having a life like that. But, and then also there are a number of clients I've had where we've gotten very, very deep emotional release with whatever comes up in the past life story. And you realize that we're tapping into something here that's beyond imagination. There's something real that we're really connecting to. I also have clients who have researched after the fact some of the information that came through in their session and have really validated even things like style of dress or um, historical happenings or um, the way people lived in certain eras and certain places of the world that they had absolutely no knowledge of beforehand. And the other thing is that I've worked done this work now for probably about 25 years. And over that length of time, I would say that at least 85% of the people that I work with do have some sort of past life recall. And so it's a pretty, it's a very common experience that people um, are able to retrieve these memories. So it just gives a lot of validity. There are actually researchers who have written some really excellent books where they actually were more trying to prove the reality of, of reincarnation and multiple lifetimes. And they usually do this by um, doing research with children about past life recall because they figure that's less tainted in a way. And there, there are some really wonderful stories from those books too. It's not something that, where we can never say we have irrevocable scientific proof, but there's an awful lot of circumstantial evidence here. My other question was about mental illnesses. Could that also be confused with past life experiences? Well, it depends where you are on the range of, of mental illness. So if you're on the lighter end where you're just you're talking about depression, anxiety, guilt, things like that, very often that, that are those are issues that have come through from a prior lifetime and we have been able to to work with that with clients. When you get into say a multiple personality disorder, um, I have not worked with someone uh, with MPD because most of my clients are pretty high functioning people. But there, there's some thought that it could be that a prior lifetime is bleeding through 
And that's where this other personality is coming from. But I don't know if anyone's ever really done substantial research on that. Um, I've also I talked with uh, one person who worked with uh, people who are schizophrenic, who also was wanting to look into the potential that there was something from um, a past life that was intruding. But again, those populations are difficult to work with because you're usually going to be working with them in more of an inpatient treatment situation, and and they're they're volatile and fragile, and you don't necessarily want to be experimenting on, oh, well, let's just see if we can take you to a prior lifetime. So there's not a lot of opportunity to, to work with that and look into that, right? But, it, but there's certainly some possibilities there. Why do you think so many of us are afraid of going through these experiences of regression or um, the past life therapy? Yeah, that's a great question. So each of us come in with whole different packages of things that call to us, things that we're not interested in, personality traits, characteristics, abilities, skills, right? We, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like all of this huge menu of what goes into a personality. So some people come in fascinated by the spiritual realm and what is this all about and why are we on this planet and and all of that. They're just fascinated by it. Some people come in and could care less. It's just they're interested in achieving in the world and making their mark and and that, right? And if you're not interested, fine, you're not interested. It, it really doesn't matter. Now, if it's that you're you're interested, but you're afraid. What I've run into with with clients is some of it to me is kind of entertaining. So the, the, they come in with a couple different fears, and one of them is, of course, always, oh, I'm not going to get anything. So almost every client, when they do it the first time, is afraid they're just not going to get anything. But then there's some people that are afraid they're going to see that they were a really terrible person, which is always a really interesting thing to observe. Is like, hmm. So there's, you're coming in with self-doubt, with concerns. There's something about you and how you've lived that you've either been taught that you're not doing the right thing or you're not behaving correctly. So it kind of speaks more to how they've been raised maybe or, or the attitudes they've been brought up with. And then there's some people, and this is probably the biggest percentage, that are afraid that they're going to see something difficult and or emotionally challenging or scary. And, and that, I think, also then applies to why a lot of people hesitate to go into conventional counseling as well, because we've not been taught, most of us, how to deal with intense feelings. Most of us have been taught how to push it away. Um, we've not been taught to dive deep into it and to experience it and process it and release it because that's the road to health. But most of most of our parents, most of our society hasn't learned how to do that. So they don't teach us that. They teach us to buck up, to mm -hmm. push it aside, to to cope. You know, cope is like a huge word. So, so we learn how to cope. We learn how to manage, but we don't learn how to really dive into our feelings and get into the wealth of what's available about who we are and, and how we experience life with all that. So that's where a lot of fear comes from because people are afraid that 
they won't be able to handle it, that somehow the ego is going to break apart, which never happens in past life work. I've yet to see someone fall to pieces. And usually what happens is it's this huge relief when they find out, oh, the reason that I've been fighting with my mother since I was, you know, as long as I can remember is because we, because we had this past lifetime together where we were enemies and we were, you know, causing harm to each other. And, you know, and it's like, oh, I get it. And we don't have to do this anymore. We can let go of that. But it's a natural human reaction to, to fear something that is unfamiliar. Mm, You know, there's some of us that some of us, a few of us dive into the new, wow, I've never experienced this before. I'm going for it. But I would say the majority of humanity, ooh, you know, we kind of shy away or we want to kind of dance around it a little bit and check it out before we're going to go in there because this is new and different and I don't know what to expect. I agree. Yeah. It's fear of the unknown most of the time. So true. Right. How does it work in the therapy Talk to me about that, the process. That's great. So it's entirely different than going to a psychic and having the psychic tell you, oh, you were a Roman soldier in a prior lifetime and you got stabbed in the shoulder and that's why you've had this problem with your shoulder because that's all coming from someone else who's supposedly reading your energy and that's very dependent on how gifted the psychic is and how much static they've got in their channel. So with a past life regression, I'm the guide, I'm kind of like the the tour guide that's helping the individual unearth their own memories. So what we do is um, I typically use a light level of hypnosis, which is really just like meditating, but a little deeper, just a really relaxed space. And then I direct the individual to the origin of whatever the question or issue is that they've brought to me. And Surprisingly enough, people just start getting information, which could come up either visually in their mind's eye. You know, the lucky people, it's like they see a movie. They see all the action. They're, in, they're one of the actors. They're able to hear and feel and sense and, and all that. And, and a story starts to unfold. Other people, if they don't get the visual, it's really more an intuitive knowing. So it might be... They don't really see it in their mind's eye, but they all of a sudden know, oh my gosh, I'm a pirate and I'm on this sailing ship and we've got a hold full of gold and this huge storm is coming and we don't know how to swim because a lot of people didn't know how to swim back then. And um, we're going to go down and we're going to lose all our gold and we're going to die. And they don't know where that came from. It just, boom, popped into their head. It's just as valid to get the information that way. It's just a little more fun if you get all the pictures, but everybody processes differently. And so what I do is I'm asking questions, guiding the person perhaps to their home so we can see what kind what kind of home life they have, who the key people are in their family. We've see if we can identify them as anyone they've known in their current life, because we do usually travel with groups of people that we're closely connected with. Um, We go to the key events where important things happened or perhaps where feelings or energy got stuck because it wasn't able to be expressed and processed. And we go all the way through to their death. And so then the client 
experiences going through the death of the body and realizing that their awareness continues. And typically they then go to this place of amazing love and comfort and light. And and then we do a bunch of processing there and access some higher wisdom and guidance for them and wrap it all up. So, and then we're really looking at, and so how does this apply to your current life? What is it that you've brought through? And what were the lessons that there were in that prior lifetime? And so we do quite a bit of processing in in that after the death part. And yeah, usually it typically takes a couple hours, which very often the client will say to me, well, I wasn't hypnotized. And I go, hmm, okay. And how long do you think that took? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, that was about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, no, actually, that was an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really very cute. So it just speaks to the fact that they're not in a in a state where they feel like they're so spaced out that they label it, oh, as, oh, I was hypnotized. But clearly, they were in some kind of altered state. and We were accessing things from their unconscious mind or they wouldn't have lost that tr- much track of time. Does it happen when um, a person access more than one lifetime in one session? Or why do they go for that specific lifetime? I'm just wondering, because there are so many. Right. So typically people will come in with a problem or a question that um, that they want to look into. And so I will direct them to the origin. So even though this um, particular pattern maybe has been through multiple lifetimes, what I'm asking for is I want to go back to the to where it started, because if we can work through that, that usually releases most of everything else. Um, so that's why we'll go to a particular lifetime. The Occasionally, people will, in session, will do more than one lifetime uh, for a couple different reasons. One is the first lifetime that we go to, they died as a child of the plague or something like that. And so there's there's a lot more time available to explore. Or we have, we're chaining from lifetime to lifetime because what's important is to see how the issue kept manifesting in different lifetimes. It's not as important to have all the details on one life. And I have completely learned to trust that the client's higher self knows exactly where they need to go. So sometimes we'll go to something different than the question they asked for. And um, inevitably, the client will say afterwards, oh, my gosh, that was so important. I didn't even think to ask about it, but I am so glad that that's what came up. So I just learned that they're going to go exactly where they need to go. On very rare occasions, it will be to something in their current life. So we will, um, I had a client once that asked about the source of uh, her claustrophobia that she had had for many, many years. And um, instead of going to a prior lifetime, we went to a memory of her brother when she was a small child trying to smother her with a pillow. And that was something she had no conscious memory of. But that ended up being, well, that's really the source of the claustrophobia, understandably. Um, But it was something that she had no awareness of. So occasionally we'll we'll run into something like that where it'll end up being a current life issue that needs to be resolved. But vast, vast majority of the time will end up um, in some prior life memories. With your experience, does it take away the fear of death? Most of us are afraid of 
die. Yes. Yeah, so you're not afraid. It, yes, that's a great point. It it really makes a huge difference. Most clients will tell me afterwards that they've really lost their fear of death. Now, that doesn't mean that we're still not afraid of pain right, and suffering right. in death, but the idea of ending this life and and transitioning to a different level of existence that I mean, I personally, this might sound weird, but I look forward to it because I know that I'm going somewhere that's just absolutely amazing and incredible. Doesn't mean I want to stop experiencing my current personality and getting all I can get out of it, but it's like I'm not worried about, oh my gosh, my life will end and then there's nothing. Instead, it's like, wow, when I'm done with this, with this body and personality, I get to go to that incredible place and have more experiences on a different level and then get to come back again if I, if my soul so chooses. So um, it does make, it really puts a whole different understanding of death, which also then relates to death of a loved one mm-hmm. in that I've had many people come in wanting to reconnect with with a loved one who's recently passed mm-hmm. and they want that we want to go to a, a lifetime another lifetime where they've been together before and that can be so helpful and so comforting because you see the connections that you have that continue across lifetimes and you realize we've been together before we were together now we'll be together again we're still connected and it, it can just put a whole nother level of understanding to the whole thing. You know? Yeah, it's wonderful. I love that. The sense of peace yeah, with it all. Mm-hmm. What's happening mm-hmm. here. Absolutely. I love that you have a summary sheet also you offer at the end of each session. That's like yes. so detailed. And I love that the way you have described in your book. Uh-huh. It's so clear for the person to see what to do and all that. That's great. Yeah, and, and which I think is always helpful. I, I like summaries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think I noticed that. <laughs> it's really helpful for people to have like one page where they can look back and review it and go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what that's what the key lessons were. Or that's what the lifetime was about. Or here's the spiritual guidance that came through. Another thing that I do in my book um, is it, most of the chapters are, are stories from clients and then pointing out what the spiritual messages came through and how that might apply more in general. Then I, I usually have a little exercise at the end of each chapter that the reader can use to just do some exploration on their own. It's not that they'll necessarily go in depth to past life memories, but it might help stimulate thoughts and understandings and, and get some aspects of what, what the work is like that they can just do on their own uh, as they're reading through the book. It's a wonderful book, though. You sent me a copy. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love to look Thank at you. it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great cover, isn't it? Yeah, beautiful cover, right. We're almost at the end. I have some final questions. But before that, one's about safety. Is that safe? And the other question is about psychedelics. Would that be similar experience? Right. little journeys. <laughs> um, yeah. Safety-wise, entirely safe. I have, as I said, I have never had a client come back to me and say, oh my God, that was terrible. It, uh, you know, it left me unsettled and shattered and this and that. Cause I, I do a very thorough, as I said, it, it often takes a couple hours 
Um, so I'm very, very thorough and I'm very seated in my conventional counseling practices as well. So I know that how to deal with whatever comes up and to support people in integrating the experience rather than just saying, well, here's what your past life was. Okay, see you later. Have a good life. In that sense that there's a lot of safety built around the way that I structure my sessions. The other thing that, I, that I'm going to say about that is, again, I trust that people, their higher knowing and, and even their um, conscious ego will not allow them to go somewhere that's not safe for them. It's just, it doesn't happen. They're, the wall will come down. So, um, for instance, if there was a lifetime that was just too shattering for this person to be able to handle right now, we just wouldn't go there. It just, we would not get that information. We'd go somewhere else that, that they're able to handle at this point in their life. And maybe somewhere down the road, they might be able to see something else. So that on the safety aspect is, is completely safe. The as far as a psychedelic trip and how similar is this, people do sometimes even get spontaneous past life memories coming through with drugs or without. That's true. There can there can be some good information that comes through. It's usually not therapeutic, which is what I'm working with. So so what I do is I go into a lot of detail with the client around that lifetime because I'm I'm looking for where are the places that energy got stuck? What were the key events that maybe are still impacting you now? What's the leftovers? What are the things that we need to clean up? So there, there's a lot of maneuvering around looking for that kind of material. And when you're just having a spontaneous memory or on a drug trip or something, you might get images, you might get certain understandings, um, but it, you're not going to have this thorough exploration guided by a therapist that knows how to move around and all this kind of stuff. So it, it's just a very different experience, but it doesn't mean you can't get some past life information on your own. I have a few questions for you still, but before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? I don't have the book with me right now, but here's what I will say is, yeah, just what I'd like to add is that this is the kind of thing where if you're interested in exploring the meaning, the purpose of human life and why we're here, this is a something that can be really wonderful for that or what your connections are with the important people in your life and whether we've known them before or why we have certain challenges and issues now. There's so many things that we can unlock, which then allows us to realize our fuller potential with our current personality. And so that's the, the wealth that comes from this is that it, we don't get stuck in the past. Instead, it frees up whatever we've brought in with our current personality, those skills and abilities um, that we can be in a fuller picture of ourselves. I love that. So um, that's why I encourage people to to explore this because it, it's really a wonderful um, way of being your bigger self. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity for sure. And you made me think about it. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it. <laughs> what is another word for healing? Wholeness. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? I would 
somehow figure out immediately how to get to New York and spend what I had left with my daughter. <laughs> That's what I would do differently. Yeah. And my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? I know for sure things change. They might stay the same for a long time, but all of a sudden they change. I know for sure that there are way more possibilities and opportunities than we usually see. And I know for sure that we're here to create joy, create and experience joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wonderful. Thank you so much again for your wisdom, your clarity. I love that and your presence. Oh, well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah. And thank you also for what you do, because this is all about healing, which leads to understanding and then this wonderful experience in this uh, human body. Right, exactly. So my last question, I still have one, but this is a technical one. Uh, Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So I have a website. Um, It's www.pastlives, and so that's plural, P-A-S-T-L-I-V-E-S dot org. O-R-G. Um, so there's information there on um, having individual sessions or um, a link to order my book. And, and it can also be gotten through Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever. Just I have quite a bit of information on that website. So that's usually the best way to check things out. Wonderful. Thank you so much again. And, and we'll talk soon. All right. Excellent. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Anne C. Barham and her work, please visit pastlives.org. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.